Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. We are daring to be different once again, once more. Yes. Welcome to Dream Chases Radio, and you're listening to Yaya Diamond. I am your host, uh, podcaster for 10 years, blah, 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 blah. But this is not about me. This is about the guests that come on this show. You know, I, I have loved having people on the show with with their music, with their art, you know, being an author, having their own business, entrepreneurship, of course, different stories, different, even you know, uh, writers and authors, and I mean, just all kinds of different people. And that's what this show is about. It's about helping us to be inspired, to go after our dreams, our goals, to live our real life. And that's why we're here today uh, to just bring it forward and just say, hey, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is me, and that is, I mean, like every other guest on the show, this is just like my guest that I have coming on right now. I want to welcome her to the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to say that first of all. And oh, my name is Gina Stevens, and I, I always appreciate uh, having an opportunity to be on podcast uh, and tell my story. It's it's really different being on this side of the mic because I had my own uh, podcast ages ago. My wife and I used to do a lesbian radio podcast and bring people on to tell their story. So it's really interesting being on this side of the mic. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> I'm not used to this side, but. Um, so I'm Gina Stevens, and um, so I'm just trying to, to tell my story a little bit more. Um, I uh, came out, so I'm, a, as I mentioned earlier, lesbian, married, uh, wife, a mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur. Um, I have an eight-year-old granddaughter. My kids are grown. Um, I've, I've run a business for about, I don't know, 18, 19 years now, and mm-hmm. it's been an interesting path. I'm a, a veteran, a golf, a golf war veteran, so I have this um, very interesting story to tell, and um, so I, I've submitted this story to the, a local uh, magazine, Our Lives magazine here in Madison, Wisconsin, which they're going to be publishing um, shortly. But my story is one that I like to share with people because I want them to know that if they're struggling with being in the closet and worrying about how to live their most true and authentic selves, whether it's, you know, being out at work, um, if you work for someone else, or being out um, when you're trying to run a business, that it can be challenging, but you there's ways to make that work is, is what I really would like to be able to tell people. I, I like I like that you 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 said you're not used to being on this end on <laughs> the spectrum. That's funny because it, it is a little bit weird when you're on this end. You're being interviewed and 
I've I've been there. I don't know if I like it or not, but it's interesting, definitely interesting. So you're saying that you came out. Um, what was it like to remain strong during those trying times, and how did you come out? Was it something that just happened, and, you know, you just slipped, or you did de- deliberately you just said, hey, this is what it is? Well, um, it, when I hear the stories of other people coming out, they're always very painful, they're, they're, you know, very painful to hear. Not only are they painful to hear, but the stories themselves are very painful. And I kind of feel bad because my, my, my coming out story wasn't hard at all. You know, I say, oh, I called home. I was worried about coming out. And I called home to tell my sister, my youngest sister, my baby sister. And I still call her baby sister even though she's like 40, you know. Um, <laughs> but I called home to tell her when I was – Gosh, I think I came out 20 years ago, maybe, 18, 20 years ago, somewhere around there. And I said, um, you know, to tell her, and she immediately, you know, I asked her how, my, how Uncle Henry was. Uncle Henry, the reason we call her, we call her Uncle Henrietta, actually. And the reason we call her Uncle Henrietta is because she's really butch stud, because um, she came out. 30, you know, she came out 40 years ago when, when it was, like, unheard of to be a black person coming out in the South, right? But we all knew she mm-hmm. was, and no one in my family treated her any differently. So I, I came into this knowing that we already had at least one person in my family who was gay, but I was still very nervous, and I knew we already had at least one person in my family who was gay. I knew we didn't treat her any differently, but she was but she was the idea of what we thought gay was supposed to be, and I wasn't. Like, I'm girly and all this, so I thought, oh, there's going to be this work. So I call home to tell her, and, and, and I say, well, how's Uncle Henrietta? And she goes, oh, girl, guess who else is gay? So then she tells me that I have these two cousins who are sisters. She goes, Keisha and, and Marcy are gay. And I'm like, what? So she tells yeah. me that they just came out. And I'm like, oh, my God. So now I'm hearing that I've got two cousins who just came out. So now that's three, right? I'm thinking, okay, so that's three. So I said, well, guess who else is gay? And she's like, who? And I said, me? And she said, what? And she says, well, if you like it, I love it. And it was that easy, right? It was it was that mm. easy. So that was my coming out story. It was not a big deal. And I knew that if she responded that way, so would everybody else because, hey, I'm number four, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm number four, and there were probably more people. The hardest part about coming out for me wasn't really about my family. It was more about how am I going to navigate this as a professional? How am I going mm-hmm. to run my business as an out professional? I was just starting a business, trying to figure and, – and even then, I was like, I didn't even want people to know I was black when I was starting a business because, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of us go through that as black professionals. Um, back oh, yeah. then with the internet, you know, just starting – it surged. We were worried about putting our pictures on our profiles as black professionals, and we didn't. Oh, yeah. A lot of us didn't put our picture on our LinkedIn profile. So I was navigating that as a black professional and as a gay professional. So mm-hmm. that was actually more challenging for me than coming out to my family. So I didn't come out as a professional for a while. So that was actually more difficult. Um, and it was actually a boss, a former boss, because I had one foot in the entrepreneurial world and one foot still working for the man world. And I was telling him that I was, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to do this. And he was a white male conservative Republican who said to me, 
Gina, you're really good at what you do, and you you are you do great work. And if people don't want to work with you or hire you because you're gay, then they're losing out. F them, is what mm-hmm. he said. And it was what he said to me. No one else could tell me that. The gay people couldn't tell me that. My friends couldn't tell me that. The gay people could. They they were all telling me that. But it, but it took him telling me that for me to really get it because we all think the Republicans and the white men and they're going to be the one, they're going to be that group of people who really don't want to work with you. But it, I think it took somebody like him who was the polar opposite of who I am to say, if if people don't want to work with you, then effort. they don't deserve you. And it was him telling right. me that that made me say, he's right, be you, get out there, do your thing, and you don't want to work with those people anyway, which is what he said. So that made it a lot easier for me. Mhm. Wow. Yeah, he's right. You know, it, it it's so funny. I mean, people can, can get so fickle about all these things and what they believe and what they don't believe. But yet, you know, it, it's, it, I don't think anybody should judge anybody for the way they live. You know, look at yourself. I mean, it's like we got so many issues with ourselves. Uh, to take your time out to judge someone else is just stupid to me. Um, putting your finger at other people. And I got too many things I got to work on for me and what's wrong with me. And I don't really have time to work for, you know, and look at everybody else. Um, people like exactly. people like to judge. People like to judge. And I guess that's just, I, I, I don't understand it, but that's just people. And we're going to have to deal with them no matter what. Um, but I think that you coming out and being your true self and, and being the one person that you know you are and not living a lie is going to make your life so much easier in the long run that, um, you know, it's just it's just the way it is. So tell me about your business. Now that, you know, now that you're doing things, tell me about that. Well, my business has changed quite a bit. Um, when I first started my business, now my grandmother, so I have to preface this with telling you that my grandmother, I watched my grandmother as I was growing up running her own business, and I watched my father as I was growing up running his own business, and I have an aunt who ran her own business. So my grandmother was a bootlegger <laughs> in the South. <laughs> so I lived in a small town in Georgia that was a dry county, and you could not buy hard liquor anywhere in my town. And you know, beer, you could only get beer at certain hours, that kind of thing. So my grandmother ran a bar out of her kitchen. So I watched mm-hmm. my grandmother run her own business. I watched my father, who, who was a handyman for over 35 years before he died. He was a handyman. That's always what he did. So you needed a roof, you needed floors, you needed a new bathroom. That's what my father did. And my aunt was a, had a beauty salon, like a beauty salon. And then plenty of my other aunts had a kitchen beauty salon. But my other aunt had, like, a beauty salon where you had to drive to a beauty salon. Mm. You went in and, you know, but so I watched all these people in my life who ran their own businesses. And so then my ex-husband and I were getting a divorce. I'm, you know, coming out. I'm a single mom. And I'm like, hey, I need to make some money. I'm in college. I need to make extra money. This year, job I have isn't cutting it. So watching these people in my life as I was growing up who I knew, knew you could make money without having to clock in for someone. I was like, hey, there's got to be a way. And the internet was just starting to, like, surge. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, got out of the Navy. I started braiding hair in my kitchen. And I was like, okay, where else can I get customers? Okay, I can go online. I can start doing this online. I can advertise online. What else can I do? Oh, this eBay's picking up. I, there was 
all these things I started doing online. But then I realized I really like helping other people market themselves to help them grow their business. And so I would rather do that instead of braiding hair. I would rather help other women who are braiding hair get business. I would, you know, I was like, I don't really want to braid I would really rather help the women who are braiding hair get customers. I would help them market themselves online. So I eventually figured out I would rather help market people than anything else. And it really, mm-hmm. I started my marketing business out of necessity because I needed to keep the lights on and see the kids, yeah. you know, I'm in college and, so that's how I started my marketing business. And over time, I ended up really, you know, when you're a marketing person, nonprofits really want you to sit on their board of directors because they can never get money to pay for marketing. So they always want you to sit on their marketing, you know, on their nonprofit boards. So slowly over time, I started sitting on a lot of board of directors. I don't know if you know anything about mm-hmm. nonprofits, but, but you tend to end up as a marketing person being asked to sit on a lot of board of directors when you mm-hmm. for nonprofits. Um, so I ended up getting on a lot of board uh, boards of, of nonprofits, and so now I do a lot of work with nonprofits. That's kind of my my baby. I love working with nonprofits, and so now I do a lot of strategic planning and marketing planning for nonprofits. Um, so I do a lot of that, and I'm still doing marketing work for some organizations that are not uh, nonprofits, and I do a lot of helping startups with their business plan, if you need help writing a business plan, if you need help with a strategic plan. So my business has kind of changed a lot of the last 18 years from really being introduced to the nonprofit world because nonprofits don't tend to get funding for marketing plans. They can get funding for other things, but they can't really get a lot of funding for marketing plans. So it's kind of like, hey, you do marketing, can you sit on our board? And so they just... I just kind of got into a bunch of other things because of my introduction to the nonprofit world. That's pretty much what I do now. That's really cool. That's really cool. I love that. I love that about, I mean, you know, now, now that you, do you have children? I do. I have two boys, 26 and 24. And um, I have an eight year old granddaughter. So yeah, I do. I have two grown children. Yeah, yeah. Mm, wow, wow. You know, life can throw some real curveballs at you. What have you learned so far in life that you didn't think would ever, ever happen to you? What did I, th- what did I never expect would happen? Well, I tell you what, if someone had asked me when I was 13, if I thought I would be, you know, be married to a woman and have grown children and a granddaughter, I would say, really? No. Um, And I honestly thought when I got married to my ex-husband at the age of 19, that's who I would still be married to. And honestly, had I not come out, that is who I would still be married to, because that's just who I am. Um, You know, a lot of people think that black people don't know how to get married and stay married forever. (laughs) Yep. I don't know where that idea okay. came from. <laughs> yeah, right. But a lot of people and a lot of the women in my family have been with their person for over 30 years, 30, 40 years. Mm. And had I not come out, my I would still be married to my ex-husband. Um, and I fully expect to be married to my wife until, you know, she decides to get rid of me, if she ever decides to get rid of me, which <laughs> I'm going to try not to make that happen, but... I would say that that, that's the thing that I never, ever would have expected. Um, My life, that's not what I ever would have expected 
my life to be if someone had asked me that and you know, the thirteen, fourteen year old cheerleader, you know, preppy girly cheerleader, if that's where she thought her life would be, no, that's that's mm-hmm. not what I ever would have thought. Um, you know, if they would have thought they would have asked me especially in Wisconsin, I'm I'm a Georgia girl. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. What? You know? So I go from being this thirteen year old preppy cheerleader girl in in Georgia to living in Wisconsin with my kids and married to a white girl. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that does sound sound a little, yeah, I, I, I kind of, yeah, (laughs) I kind of agree with you. Wow. In my high school, I can tell you that everybody who knows me from high school probably never would have expected that from me. Never. Okay. So. Well, I mean, you know, like life throw, like I said, life throws curveball, curveballs at you. What do you do? You know, I mean, you, you well, got to kind of go with it. I write for Forbes. That, when they find that out, they're like, oh, we are not surprised. Remember when you used to edit our papers in high school? You used to edit mm-hmm. all of our English papers. That doesn't surprise me. You know, there are so many things I'm doing that does not surprise people from home. But I can probably guess, I'm guessing that probably did surprise them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just just a little. Just a little. Just a, so just tell a me about bit. your yeah. business. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Tell me about your business. So. Basically, I have um, several things that I do. So I have a company called Belwa Media, and then I have mm-hmm. a company called Belwa Strategy. So those are my two companies, and Belwa Strategy is an offshoot of Belwa Media because um, when you have clients who really like your work, they tend to go, oh, well, do you know how to do this? Or do you know how to do that? And you you start working with them on the other things that aren't necessarily in your wheelhouse but because you know how to do it, you do it. And that's how I kind of got into strategic planning. And um, so that was starting to water down the marketing side of what I was doing. So I decided to create a separate business, um, which made it a little, okay. just a little bit easier to explain to people when I was out and about networking. So right. the Bella Media side of what I do is more of the marketing and communication side. And the Bella Strategy into the business is more of the strategic planning and the business planning side of what I do. And then I have an okay. organization that I started called Dane County Mastermind, which is mm-hmm. um, where my company is located in Madison, which is Dane County, Wisconsin. And basically what that organization is, it's basically um, more of a networking uh, or a peer-to-peer mentoring and coaching organization. So basically what we do with that group is a bunch of professionals um, and entrepreneurs get together and what we do is we get together and we say, hey, this is what my current challenge is. And we work mm-hmm. together to help each other work through the current challenges that we're having in our business. So someone might have a challenge with managing their client's expectations. How do you manage a client's expectations effectively? How do you break up with a client? Maybe you just got a client that you're working with and the relationship's just going really sour. How do you maneuver your way out of that relationship so that, you know, you don't burn bridges? you know, make things worse to where the client's out there talking about you in the workplace. Um, Maybe you're having problems with improving your sales strategy. So we get together um, every couple of weeks for about five hours, and we work together on helping each other improve our sales strategy. So that's the Dane County Masterminds group that I'm organizing. Mm. So 
there are some there. So I do a lot of coaching and mentoring as well um, through various mm-hmm. um, organizations. Um, there's a social good accelerator program here in Madison, Wisconsin, which is um, run by a woman named Alisa Allgood, who is the, I would like to say she is the matriarch of the social good movement in Madison. Um, so for those listeners who are not familiar with what a social good, um, with what a social enterprise uh, company is, basically a social enterprise looks very much like a nonprofit where you you started a business that's really meant more for the good of the community. So it looks like a nonprofit, but you're not formalized as a 501c3 or in, in any, you know, nonprofit uh, entity, right? But you start mm-hmm. a business that's meant more for the good of the community or good of, of, you know, your city or whatever, but you don't want to be beholden to a nonprofit board. You don't want to have to okay. beg for dollars is what we call it for grant money. But mm-hmm. you do really look very much like a nonprofit. So we call those social enterprises. And you have Alisa right. Allgood here in Madison, who is like matriarch of the social enterprise movement in Madison. And she has an organization called Social Social uh, Good Accelerator. And a group of <clears throat> social enterprises and nonprofits will apply to be a part of the Social Good Accelerator. You apply. They help you with your, your company, either build it up or help you get a little bit more organized, either help you with funding or figure out what you want your business to look like. And there are coaches and mentors that work with those um, social enterprises or nonprofits to help them kind of figure out their way. So I'm a coach in that um, organization as well. So I do a lot of coaching mm-hmm. and mentoring and that kind of thing. So Okay. Okay. I like that. Now, when you when you think about everything you're doing and everything you've done, and you put it all together, what would be your your sales pitch or your elevator pitch and why? Oh, I really try to stay on it. Oh, I really, this is hard because I'm always talking to people about theirs and then I don't really think about my own. And, oh, I try to stay away, yeah. from, doing, you know, I try to stay away I, from doing sales pitches when I talk <laughs> to people. Well, you know, I have wow. to ask that because a lot of people are been, have been told to have an elevator pitch. You know, you got to have an elevator pitch. You got to have that one line that just describes everything, but it's so hard to put it into like one sentence of like seven words. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I mean, go ahead. I know. And I have mine as my, (laughs) I know I have mine as the first line of my LinkedIn profile. It is the first line of my LinkedIn profile. It says, I help organizations focus on success through collaborative problem solving. Okay. That is my, that is my one liner. And basically what that means is when I work with clients, I basically focus on no matter what I'm working with them on, whether it's a marketing strategy or a strategic plan or coaching or mentoring, we always work together and we we collaborate and we focus. It's always a collaborative, creative process, and we focus on success through collaboration. And it's always Mm -hmm. about who not only are we collaborating myself and the client, but it's always about looking outside of yourself and your team and looking outside of that your particular organization and saying, who am I going to be able to work with to make this happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's always about what is – and using a very creative process to go from A to Z. And it's not right. going to be – it's not going to be an overnight thing, 
because you might need to go from A to D several times. You might need to go A to B to C, then back up to B, then go A, B, D, and it's this continuous process, and it's this uh, system uh, process called design thinking, where have you ever tried to troubleshoot something and you're trying to figure out maybe why your sink is leaking or something like that? And you start with this troubleshooting process. And you're like, okay, well, I tried that, and that didn't work because the sink is still leaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to try this. Well, I tried that, and it doesn't work. The sink is still leaking. Okay, well, I tried this, and the sink stopped leaking for two days, but now it's still. So it's this continuous process of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. But then the more right. people you bring into that process to help you figure it out, the faster you can get to your answer, right? If you're just, mm-hmm. if you're just trying to figure it out on your own. The more people you bring into this process, the faster you can get to the answer. So that's typically how I work with people on figuring yeah, out nice. what's the best solution to to um to the problem they're trying to solve in the organization, whether it's right. a marketing challenge or a fundraising challenge or you know, just writing a business plan, that's how I work with clients. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, wow. So where can people reach you? Because I mean it seems like you got it all together. It seems like you know, you, you finally figured it out. And and that's a that's a plus. A lot of people are still trying to figure it out. And let me tell you something, it's not as easy as most people say it. You just, you know, you just figure it out, and it just kind of comes. <laughs> no. So. Even I, you know, something. even I don't work alone. But even I don't See? work alone with my own stuff. You know, when I'm, still, mm-hmm. when I'm trying to figure out my, my own challenges, even I don't work alone. So mm-hmm. I don't dare try to attack my own challenges in, in my own business alone because it just doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. I, I like to have other people who can give me ideas, and preferably somebody who's not like me, who's a complete polar right. opposite of me um, to help me figure mm-hmm. My wife and I do a lot of brainstorming on the way to work because she's nothing like me. I mean, honestly, right. she is absolutely nothing like me. So um, she oh, can help me yeah, figure out a lot of things. Yin and yang, that's how it works, right? Yin and exactly, it and, and yeah, and she has far, she has a, a very different approach to things, and she has uh-huh. different ideas, and a lot of times her, her brain just works differently. So she can help me come up with much different ideas and things than um, other people can who are like me. So that's that's what yeah. I like about working with other people. So, but to reach me, you can go everything you can find that you need to find out about me is on my website. It's GinaStevens.com. G-E-N-I-A-S-T-E-V-E-N-S. It's, again, that's GinaStevens.com, G-E-N-I-A-S-T-E-V-E-N-S. And everything is on the one website. All of my all of my businesses on that page, uh, contact information, all of my social media sites, everything's on that one page. I kind of use that as my bio website. Mm. Well, that's good. That's good. And I, I went on that page. I already been there. And you guys know the drill. All you have to do is go and copy and paste that into your browser. We have already put that down below this interview. Go ahead and grab that and go to the page if you're looking for any uh, anything that she might be able to help you with. Because you know we need each other. Definitely, we need each other. Can't do it by yourself. I want to thank you so much, Gina, for being on the show. You know, if there was something that you could tell somebody, I mean, one point of, you know, one one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't surround yourself with a bunch of yes people. If you're running a business, don't do that. Make sure you have mm-hmm. people around you who are willing to say, speak up if they don't 
agree with you because some of the best ideas you're going to get are going to be from people who are not like you. That's right. You're, you're right. You're right. No more yes people for me. Well, I never had a yes person anyway. <laughs> I wish I did have a yes person. Be like, yes, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, most likely I, I get the, well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people. That's all they want to do is please you. They're never going to want to like say anything that's gonna no more against the grain. But you gotta have people around you who are willing to say, um, "Well, maybe can we think about trying it this way instead?" Because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, a really great idea is gonna come out of nowhere. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I never get the yes people. I get the well, you know. I was I was thinking about that, and oh yeah, they're trying to like be nice about it. They're thinking about how to tell me no, you know. So yeah, <laughs> that's just weird. That's a good thing, but though. I like it. That's a good thing. Yeah, and it makes me good. I I think I've told this story but once before. So I have got my first business cards for Dream Chasers Radio. And I come out of, I think it was Staples. I come out of Staples. And I got the box in my hand, and this guy's walking up to me. I'm like, yes, I'm going to go ahead and get my first card out. And the guy says, no, thank you. <laughs> and I, I scream in the parking lot, yes. And he goes, turns around, he says, what? I told you no. I said, you're the first no that I have to get through to get to my yes. There is a yes somewhere, and you've gotten me closer Thank you. He thought I was crazy. <laughs> but, you know. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. Because the more you get used yeah. to hearing that, the easier it's going to be to hear it. And you can just move on oh. and keep going. I hear that. Exactly. So much. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show and, and being real about everything. Thank you. And, and congratulations on, you know what I mean, on everything that's going on with you and your wife and, and, and your business, and, I mean, you know, just much success to you. Thank you very much, and thank you again for having me. You have a great day. No problem. All right, you too. You guys, hey, don't okay. forget Bye-bye. to go to the website, GinaStevens.com. We have that below, and you just copy and paste that into your browser, and that is our show for today. You know, I have I have so many different wonderful people on the show. It is just amazing how many people come on, and they have gone through ups and downs, and remaining strong during your trying times is what this show is always going to be about because we're dream chasers. We are people that are going after our dreams, and there are going to be times that are going to be trying, but I'm telling you right now, remain strong, and don't ever give up on your dreams. Thank you again so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, uh, and Roku. We have our TV station on Roku. We have two TV stations now one for music, and one for Dream Chasers Radio. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And don't forget to what? You got it. Hey, don't be completing my sentences. Dare to be different, baby. I just to be different. I just to be different.